0: This is 3 and 5, on an SLC Management Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. Another episode of 3 and 5. I'm with DJ Lucy today. who's a senior portfolio manager on our fixed income team. DJ, thanks for taking a few minutes. Thanks, Steve. Today, it's a really timely topic. CMBS, commercial mortgage-backed securities, that sector has been under a lot of pressure because the commercial real estate sector is under pressure. People are concerned about valuations and fundamentals, especially in the office sector. And so it's the right time to be talking about CMBS. So so DJ, let me start with this. Within the CMBS world, what is the typical exposure to office, which is a sector everybody's concerned about? What is a typical exposure to office within your typical CMBS deal? And what is your view? What is your team's view on the office sector?
1: Yeah, the typical CMBS deal has, you know, right around 30% office. Some are Last summer, a little more in a conduit transaction. There's anywhere from 30 to 100 loans or, or more. And there are the other major food groups to look at in commercial real estate. So you have retail, which has done fairly well coming back out of COVID. There's hospitality, leisure destinations. If you ever trying kind to of book a hotel room lately at a place you want to go, and a lot of people weren't traveling for the last two or three years, you know those have have done very well. Also, you have the industrial sector, for example, and multifamily. So there's offices a large part of the CMBS market, and you know I think. The The pressures that are out there are well-known and acute, but there's lots of ways to invest in the CMBS market without staring the office problem directly in the face. And so some of the deals that we're doing are as low as 15, 20% office as well. And, you know, so it's important, I think, to understand that when people think about commercial real estate, I think it's instinctive to just think about office right away. It's in the news a lot. And, you know, and the work from home trend has certainly looked more structural than just what COVID entailed. But that's that's how we're viewing the universe. There's uh, lots of opportunities out there, both in higher quality office that's doing really well or in some of those other real estate food groups.
0: You know, obviously, the CMBS sector was at the heart, to some extent, of the Great Financial Crisis in 2008 and 2009. So, talk about how the CMBS sector has changed since the Great Financial Crisis. You know, now I guess almost uh, 14, 15 years ago, and are CMBS deals today better able to withstand stress than they might have been going into the financial crisis in uh, in 08?
1: So that, that's a great point, Steve. I really think not just today, but also really. Going through this experience of COVID, you know, having 2008 in the rearview mirror actually, you know, helped insulate the market more than it otherwise would have because of the way deals were structured in in 2009 and 2010 when they first started up again, coming out of 2008. And what I mean by that is, you know, we haven't seen large amounts of principal losses materialize at the deal level, and the deals are. are structured to withstand more losses than they they were in in 08. The the easiest example to understand is a typical 2007 or 2008 AJ, as the market parlance uh, calls it, but that stands for AAA, AAA junior tranche. That used to start taking losses, the tranche, the, the bond investment, if there were 10% cumulative losses on the in the deal. So that was the subordination in the tranche. That still got you a triple A rating. We have triple B flat and some lower single A rated bonds now that have... Similar or even slightly more protection. So, what used to get rated AAA now it's maybe even rated single A or triple B. So you have a lot more subordination, which is protection from if a loan or two or three even default, and and you have some recovery by selling the building. You know you can still have and and often do have things like that happen in in these deals with say seventy loans in them, and uh, and you can withstand that experience. So that's number one. Number two is um, loan to value is really important. I think it was really well known in the residential, mortgage crisis in 08 and 09, and, and the commercial mortgage-backed industry, where you saw high amounts of uh, leverage and debt uh, per, to, compared to the equity in deals. We were just chatting with CoStar, and they're a great you know, resource for data, and they're, they track virtually every loan in, in the in the CMBS universe and have all sorts of property statistics. And they're, they're coming up with an average uh, loan-to-value right now in the CMBS universe overall in the mid-60s. So if it's 65 LTV, even adjusting for all this property distress that's already happened, you know, there's still uh, 35% equity, it, you know, in, in, in these loans right now. So, you know, those are the two major factors, equity in the deal and the subordination and credit protection in the structure of these deals.
0: Whenever any sector in the markets is under pressure, it also, it also means that you can find opportunities. So, when you look at the market, there are conduit deals, which are generally comprised of a diversified portfolio of loans, or there are single asset borrower loans, which is where it's one property, one loan, one property. Do you have a preference for a single property deal versus a deal with a more diversified portfolio? And away from office, are there kind of subsectors or other pockets within the CMBS industry that you're particularly focused on?
1: Yeah, so we have a mix of single asset, single borrower, which is also referred to in the industry as SASB. That's what the acronym stands for. And and we have a mix of that, those uh, deals, as well as Conduit. SASB, I think, through a lot of the last 12 to 24 months, or even coming out of COVID, is a little bit easier to underwrite because if you have one trophy asset, which typically is in a SASB deal, you know you can get your, your arms around that and really know uh, what you're investing in versus a conduit deal has just some of the smaller loans. It's just if there's say 80 loans in a deal, it's very hard to have the same level of comfort with the 79th loan that's a, a much smaller loan. So SASB from a fundamental standpoint, you know you can really hone in on what you want to invest in. Like We talked about retail earlier. Some of your kind of A-plus retail destinations are are doing really well. And, you know, in SASB, you can really isolate that. and, And that has also cheapened on this widening that you've seen across the CMBS space. I will say, because I think investors have gravitated towards that theme, that has opened up some really incredible opportunities within Conduit. Because most investment capital markets environments, when a sector is under a lot of pressure and becomes very hated, that can be sometimes the best investing opportunities out there. And so in Conduit, cleaner Conduit deals with really good assets underneath them, even some office, like we talked about, I think there's a real quality bifurcation office where newer buildings with reasonable debt on them and high occupancy are still destinations for financial services firms like our firm but also in law and other professional services firms. And, you know, we still feel like there is an investment opportunity within office. It's just, it's an area that requires more, you know, careful uh, analysis at the moment. So a balance of both, but uh, we are seeing some exciting opportunities out there, you know, in both sectors of the CNBS market.
0: Well, it's a, there's a lot to talk about. We could probably talk for at least easily half an hour on this sector because it's big, it's complicated, and there is a lot of stress. So actually, and these are the personal question, but maybe somewhat related. I think one of the big things we're all trying to figure out is where is return to office going and to what extent, and it's not so much next month, but five years from now. Is it going to be, people going to be back in the office the way they were pre-COVID, or is this here to change? Is it structural, as you mentioned earlier? So today we're recording this, and and we're both, I think, at home, at our respective homes recording this. But personally, what do you like? I mean, I know you're used to sitting on a trading desk, as most fixed income professionals are, and that was really upended during COVID. And again, we're we're all kind of back in a hybrid sense. But personally, what's the right, what do you like?
1: Yeah, so I think, and this actually is both a personal question, but it also dovetails with the the view that some of the you know better office still makes for a great investment. I think it's clear that flexibility is is one of the things that's here to stay. But I do think there's some sense of camaraderie and um, some missing personal connections that we, you know, that we had during COVID or felt a loss during COVID in terms of personal connections. So for me, I personally like going in as we have a hybrid model now at SLC, I like going in three days a week and seeing colleagues and really getting their insights on not just the market, but you know what restaurant they went to the night before or things like that. You know, we have offices in a lot of really destination kind of cities that you'd like to visit and great cultures. So, you know, I think that hybrid model is really a strong model. So I think you're going to continue to see people go in more and more two, three, four days a week, according to their preference. And I think that flexibility part where, you know, you have an appointment or you have a doctor's appointment or you have some personal travel or whatever, I, I think is going to be a part of the working experience longer term. But I do think having that anchor of the office for culture and camaraderie is uh, is a, is a good thing, and so I think that firms are trying to kind of work out right now that what that balance looks like.
0: Well, I would also say, you know, relative to a trading desk, where it can be a great way to communicate, but it can be also loud and a hard place to think. That certain times, having in some ways being able to stay at home or at least go somewhere you can actually not have chatter in the in the background the whole time, which is what a trading desk is like, can be can be beneficial. Well, anyway, DJ, is a great topic. Thanks for taking a few minutes. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of 3 and 5.
1: Thanks, Steve.